Hello, everybody. Welcome again to The Way It Is. And I am your host, Luca Enlfado with Remax Service First Realty here in Kingston, uh, Ontario. And today we're going to talk about, uh, because it's in the headlines and because we're in the middle of an election, and because this talks about real this podcast deals with real estate every now and again, we're going to uh, touch on all the political parties' housing platforms that have been announced over the first 10 days of this uh, election. And um, I have to go out and say, I'm not choosing, I'm, this certainly is, uh, is nonpartisan, um, because actually none of them actually hit the mark, in my opinion. Um, I find this election and these housing platforms basically paying lip service to headlines. It's, they're all reactionary to comments that are made in the, uh, in the news, in the newspapers, um, given the housing market and what's happened since the pandemic began. And all of a sudden, um, people are starting to pay attention to problems that existed long before the pandemic. And uh, they're just now being actually caught with their pants down and called into action to try to solve some of the, well, none of them are really going to solve the real issues that are surrounding some of the housing problems in, in this country and in this province. But nonetheless, let's start first, the conservatives. Um, and I'll certainly pull out, point out maybe some positives and, and, and then um, maybe uh, uh, call out the, the, the crap on the other, on some of the other policies. But uh, they talk about fixing the mortgage stress test to ensure first-time home buyers aren't prevented from getting a mortgage. Well, um, you know, as we've talked about before, the mortgage stress test is our safety cushion in this whole process. Um, it's not a secret that Canadians' uh, uh, income-to-debt ratio is the highest in the Western world, or one of the highest in the Western world, where I think every $2 or dollar earned goes to $2 in debt, or it's something absurd like that. So the stress test isn't preventing people from getting a mortgage um, and, um, or getting, and, getting into the, uh, and getting into the housing market. And if anything, um, uh, removing it would then definitely start people on a slippery slope in terms of um, getting back to potentially 2008 when people were doing whatever they could to get into the more into the housing market and getting mortgages and would lead to potentially some unscrupulous practices um the next one is decent though i current i i agree uh increase the amortization period on a mortgage uh, to 30 years right now it's 25 depending on what your qualifications are and what your product love is um and uh, so drop increasing it to 30 and at one point they even had 40 year mortgages i would even go to that point i mean let's face it um uh this generation my generation uh, and not all of it probably is the last generation that would even want to see um their home paid off in full mortgage free uh i know um i probably won't realize that um more too many people now are refinancing their homes, taking advantage of the low interest rates. So, paying off a mortgage uh, I, is a thing of our parents' generation, and it's last. It's it, it that I guess mindset, if you will, or um, need to do that is meaningless anymore. I think in today's world, where it's now just about. Um, self-gratification and give me what I want now. And one of the ways to do it is to uh, pull equity out of, out of the properties. 
Um, here's one, though, that caught my eye the other day and my ear when I heard them being talking about it, is make surplus federal real estate available for development to increase supply of housing. So let's understand the problem with one issue with housing in this country, in this province, in this city, uh, which we've touched on before with the, uh, with the mayor. We've touched on it before uh, with the uh, homeless issue. Uh, we we have a certain segment of the population that's impoverished that uh, is homeless and they need help. And yes, that's where the government can help. The government can actually not only assist by uh, repurposing buildings they're not using anymore, both on a municipal level, on a provincial level, on a federal level, but why don't we now that we have all these office towers that presumably are sitting empty uh, and they're privately held, presumably, um, why don't we start making um, some uh, inroads with some of these uh, privately held uh, or these landlords uh, and these developers and work some kind of deal with them? where they can get subsidized to allow for some of these buildings to get repurposed, to allow for housing. What about some of these hotels that might never made it through the pandemic or something like that? What about thinking outside the box and trying, rather than trying to build new housing, which would take forever with red tape and assessments and and studies and blah, 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 um, why don't we start looking at what we have existing that can be repurposed in a timely fashion? You know, the uh, the PCs there said that in the first they're going to have a million pro- a million ho- homes available in there if they got elected, well and then they backed off of that and said well in the first three years you know they'd work towards getting that well that's because again they'd have to do all of these silly studies all of these things and then I bet you a shovel would never go in the ground and nothing would ever get built and here's the rub all of that can be avoided and and case in point is the pandemic. When the shit hits the fan and the need is there, money can happen, right? We just saw that. We just went through it. So why can't, but it takes political will, it takes collaboration, and it takes everybody to agree, right? And there's the rub. Because everybody here right now wants to see, wants to cut the legs out from everybody else and thinks they can build a better mousetrap. Uh, universal tax cut, which would give uh, ideally give more money in the pockets of new home buyers uh, to help purchase said uh, homes. <sighs> I guess uh, I just can't say how a tax cut is going to is going to line somebody's pocket with enough money to come up with a down payment based on values today. So I mean, I'm sure everybody wants a tax cut, but let's let's call it what it is. Um, increase the rate at which new housing projects are approved to help meet the demand. Yeah, okay, sure, yes. Help with the red tape. Help at the municipal level. Help at the provincial level. Help developers that want to build housing. And and maybe let's let's make the process not only uh, less cumbersome. Let's make it less costly. Let's make the applications and the fees and the and 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 everything else that's involved so that you know, these developers can bring uh, a product to online that would meet a price point that more could afford, right? Profit's not a dirty word here in this country and, and in the world, all right? We want, everybody now wants to make it that way, but it's not. And the developer, obviously, is in it for the profit, is in it for a business, they're in it to, not to say that they don't have uh, uh, altruistic reasons to do it and, they, and if they can help, they can, but at the end of the day, they're not going to do it to subsidize it, right? So let's understand that. 
ban foreign investors from buying residential properties for at least two years. Okay, this is bullshit. And everybody, ever the, all of the parties have this in their platform. The actual statistic is that less than 5% of all the housing that's being bought is being bought by outside foreign investment. All right. So outside foreign investment isn't taking homes away from your kids or from your nephew or from your brother or your sister or anybody else. All right. Yeah. Okay. There was some sensationalism in the, in the headlines a few years ago when what was happening in Vancouver. And I'm not saying there's not outside foreign money coming into Ontario. We talked about it when, when I had the podcast with John Lusing. That's happening, but not to the extent where every other house is being bought up by a foreign investor or someone uh, from outside of this country, all right? That's the PC's liberals. Introduce rent to own. What a stupid, stupid, dumbass idea. Honest to God. I've I've done this for 33 years. I started this in the 90s, okay, folks? I actually did rent to own back in the day. I called it the never-never plan. I still call it the never-never plan. It never works out for the person trying to buy the house, okay? Let's understand that. You can never get to a point where they will accrue enough equity in that property in a short enough period of time to be able to buy it. So all it ever did was benefit the landlord because the landlord the way I did it back then, and I presume it's still done this way too, there could be other iterations of it, But if you're going to rent a home, you need to get a base rent to cover your nut. Well, if you're going to give kickback some of this to a rent-to-own potential buyer, you're going to want to add that on top of the basic rent that you need to cover your nut, right? So already the tenant's going to be paying a, a, a higher than normal rent and the amount, the difference between what you need to get to what you can pay out Usually they can't afford, so it's it's a nominal amount that they could never accrue enough because, like I said, what are you going to do it for? 10 years, 20 years at that point in time? And, it, well, A, it doesn't make any sense. In today's market, it makes even less sense because what owner on this planet, in this country, in this city, in this province, wouldn't take, if they wanted to sell their property, wouldn't take it to market today, given what's happening in the marketplace, given where values are at? If you want to do a rent-to-own with a family member, then do it internally, 100%, for sure. But as far as the national policy goes, dumbest thing I've ever heard. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. (sighs) Maybe Trudeau should do rent-to-own on Sussex, maybe, right? And have all the homeless in Ottawa go there, and they can all pay together. And that's not saying anything disparaging about the homeless. Um. What else do we got here? I'm sorry. It's just been a shitty day. (laughs) I'm pissed off now. Uh, First time homebuyer tax credit goes from 5K to 10K. Meaningless. uh, Really meaningless. Um, uh, Reduce uh, reduce price charge by Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation by 25%. Well, you know what? That's not a bad idea, just simply because CMHC is a billion-dollar corporation that gouges the crap out of buyers. I'm going to tell you that, because as soon as you can't meet the 20% threshold to uh, to avoid underwriting in CMHC, um, the fees are, are, are very punitive and very expensive because now in the past you used to be able to pay that CMHC premium in cash or like upfront, but now you can't, they automatically add it to the mortgage. So if you get a mortgage for 30 years and even in the first five years, it's just, it's very expensive money. 
Uh, invest $4 billion into a housing accelerator fund to help grow housing supply in cities. Sure, I, I think that's a great idea. But what, what does that look like? What does it mean, right? Is money getting going to get actual into the actual hands of people that need it, that are going to put shovels in the ground to build this stuff, right? Or to repurpose this stuff. Temporarily ban new foreign ownership. Already been there, done that, talked about it. Stop excessive profits from large corporate owners of residential properties, putting policies to curb such as, to curbs, sorry. Stop excessive profits from large corporate owners of residential properties uh, by putting policies in to curb this. I, I, I've only just heard of these large corporate companies. Uh, there's one that's happened in Kingston, southeastern Ontario, where they're starting to buy up uh, properties and convert them to rentals. Um, and then everybody painted them as it's just a, a, a big company getting bigger and greedier and 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 raping and pillaging and and advantaging themselves off the backs of of those that can't afford it um at the end of the day i I don't have enough information to that i don't think that problem is as is as uh, prevalent as uh, similar to the uh, foreign buyers as what's happening um i really don't i really don't um Here's the one though that's the bugaboo for sure, and I this <laughs> this may cause some controversy, but ban blind bidding. All right, folks, uh, this is another stupid idea. Uh, the government shouldn't be in the free market; should never get involved in the free market. As I said before, you want to help social uh, the social pro- problems in this uh, in this country, in these in our cities and in our provinces, then. Put in policies that are going to help those that need it. Uh, don't mess with the free market. And I can speak to this because I've had this conversation with those that will listen. So when I started in the in the nineties, okay, and people have short memories. People have very short memories. And again, it's only because of the pandemic and what's happened in the marketplace and and all these sensationalized stories of houses and people getting outbid by five hundred thousand dollars and tra tra tra. So, but nobody remembers in the 90s, though, when it took an average of 120 days for a house to sell. And I remember I had clients that were in that situation and that had their house listed for, let's say, $300,000. And it sat for 90 days and it sat for 120 days. And then we had to beg someone to make an offer. And then when that someone made an offer, they said, I'm going to offer you 100000 less than your asking price. Huh. People don't seem to remember that. So now once people have to pay more than the asking price, we have to ban it. What about putting a cap on how much, how low somebody can offer somebody on their property? Yeah. How do you think that would go over, right? When buyers now would get restricted in terms of what, a, what kind of an offer they should make on a house. Absurd. Totally absurd. All right. It's a free market. It's an auction. Nonetheless, even in blind bidding, it's still an auction. I've talked about this in the past. You have to counsel your client. You have to make sure they understand what they're doing, what they can afford. And when they stick their neck out, that they can show up at the last day and pay for it. Okay? Period. And if they don't get it, they don't get it. They move on to the next one. It's as simple as that. Period. Ensure transparency on the history of recent housing sale prices. I don't even understand that because all of this information is public. 
A, on any real estate board in any real estate organization, we have access to all the sale prices, save and accept if a place is sold privately, in which case it's still public knowledge after so many days or 30 days or 60 days it shows up uh, in uh, in a, uh, a platform that we have access to and at the registry office. So that's public information. So I'm not sure how sale prices don't, aren't transparent unless they're being unless someone's paying to not have them show up, which I'm not saying can't happen. NDP. Now, NDP's got two prongs to this. The renting part, bring back true rent control. Mm, I dare say I'm not a fan of that, nor ever will be. Again, don't mess with the market. Um, get rid of vacancy, decontrol, and prevent unfair evictions based around loopholes. <sighs> Listen, there's uh, bad landlords, there's bad tenants, and there's bad operators. That's going to happen whether there's rent control, whether there's no rent control. That's just human nature, and that's just the way it is. You can't legislate against that. You can't regulate against that. It's going to happen. So putting these in isn't going to help anybody. Hire more adjudicators for the land, uh, the uh, tribunal. 100% should have done that 18 months ago, idiots. The place has been underfunded, understaffed for the last 10 years. That's the problem with the system. It's broken. Fix it. You could have fixed it two decades ago. But no, now all of a sudden, it's a highlight because we're having an election. Homeowners. All right. First-time homeowners shared equity loan of up to 10% on a homes of a home's value. Well, that's got potential. I know the city of Kingston has a program that they offer. Uh, for those, if you apply, they uh, they will contribute towards um, towards the down payment. There are some qualifications. Um, so yeah, I mean anything that can help someone um, uh, augment their um, their down payment uh, and get into the property. I think I mentioned. I can't remember which podcast. Uh, you know, in the nineties. <laughs> when the average interest rate was 12%. Um, you know, if I didn't have private investors that lent down payments, to this day, I'd have clients that still would be potentially without a home, right? So there's a place and a time for those kinds of things. Yes, you can regulate them. Yes, you can cap interest rates. That's something certainly to, to investigate. Encouraging more basement apartments, laneway houses, granny flats. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. And let's understand this. Let's make the, and I'm going to call out the city of Kingston because the city of Kingston initiated this secondary suite program several years ago, you know, legal secondary suites. But classic municipal uh, uh, politics where they gave with one hand and took away with the other. Because again, they made it so cumbersome, so physically, well, um, almost physically impossible for most of the properties in the city of Kingston to meet their requirements. They've ratcheted back off some of the uh, restrictions because again, it's like anything else. Oh, everybody, when I went to a public meeting, and this was a joke, it was a joke. I went to a public meeting when they were uh, starting to unveil or init this initiative. And it was at the library, actually literally uh, one of the libraries. And it was standing room only. And there were people probably there could have fit in another, there was over 500 people there and they could have fit in maybe another 2,000. And the panel, who I can't even remember who was the chair, sat there dumbfounded and goes, uh, I can't believe there's this many people here. So it's a classic case of 
not them not having a finger on the pulse of what's happening in this city of Kingston. There are more illegal units in this city than there are legal units in this city, okay? And let's understand this. They're all rented. None of them are vacant. I think our vacancy rate, you take out the student rentals, is now back down to under 2%, okay? So if you've got a unit, it'll get rented. So yes, to increase the ease to which you can convert some of these suites, and let's understand this, make them safe. Don't make them fire traps. Make landlords accountable for providing a, a decent accommodation. You know, nobody wants a slumlord. Nobody wants a slum, uh, uh, and nobody wants to live in that, right? So yeah, let's clean that side of it up. And yeah, let's create more units. But let's let's work with, again, private owners, let's work with homeowners so that these things can be safe, they can come online, and we can house some people. Because there's people out there that will rent these things. Uh, Encourage more duplexes, townhomes, same thing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Boost the non-resident speculation tax to 20% to help cool the market. They did that several years ago. I talked about it already. They, in, in BC, they did it 20%. In, and then here from North Cumberland, Northumberland County going uh, east, uh, uh, west rather, they did it uh, and jacked it up to 15%. <clears throat> so what did that do? It created in all the areas that didn't have it, more speculation, all right? So you can increase that tax for sure. But again, I, I, non-resident purchasing, I don't think is the issue. Um Short-term rentals will be regulated. There's a topic. Uh, I know Ben had asked me to talk about Airbnb. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a thorny issue for sure because Airbnb does take a lot of potential units, long-term units, off the marketplace, right? Because they're just more money in short-term rental. Um, from, a, from a management perspective, it's more hands-on though. There's a lot more involved. But, um, you know, uh, that would be something to maybe take a look at. Again, <laughs> tough to tell someone that owns a place privately what they can or can't do with it though, right? If they want to rent it by the, by the day, by the night. That being said, if I was a hotel owner or a, a, a B&B owner or something like that, I'd want to make sure that, and I know that they were bringing that licensing into effect into Kingston and making some of these Airbnb things uh, more accountable in terms of uh, insurance uh, accountability, liability, and insurance in terms of taxing uh, and everything else. Because again, it's no different than Uber was with the taxi people, right? You want to just have a fair playing field for everybody, right? You can't you can't penalize one side of the uh, uh, of the uh, equation and 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 then let somebody else get advantage by it right um what else we got here uh, nothing else too exciting on that one green party eliminate the first time home buyers incentive and focus on building and renovating combined 40,000 plus housing units instead yeah makes perfect sense we talked about that already well, let's start repurposing stuff that's sitting empty um a hundred percent you know, um, uh, Ben is sitting across from me while recording this, um, but uh, I can't remember the chap's name, Ben, that did when we were talking about the homeless issue and, and the buildings that are going up and the need for these studio suites that exist now in this community. And I'm sure all over. And they can fill them. They got people that they can fill them with. So yeah, let's, and that's the church and they're adding on to it. So let's start converting some of these. Uh, th thank you, Pierre Klein. Um, 
Increase low-income housing projects. Sure, that's where the government belongs. Yes, subsidize land, subsidize the cost of developing it. They did this in the 90s. They stopped doing it, right? I can tell you this. I listened to a CBC News article yesterday morning on The Current, specifically because it talked about, and they had two nonpartisan experts, profs, I forget where they were from. You can look it up on their online at the, on their and find it. It was yesterday on The Current. And that's where both of them said that that um, non-resident and these uh, this offshore money buying housing is is the least of the problems. But all of them said that every government, and not just liberal, but whoever, all the previous governments, for the last 50 years, no one's helped in developing subsidized housing anymore, right? So then you get, then you let private development happen, right? In a free market, which is fine. Again, it's not a dirty word, but now you look back and now you call them out for being greedy and being this and being that. When you didn't offer any incentives, any funding, anything, to allow someone to fill that void and start doing this stuff, right? Because I'm sure there's people out there that would do it, 100%. But that has to be worth their while too, right? Declare a national housing and homelessness emergency. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, should have been happened 20 years ago. Well, again, you know, the pandemic pulled back the curtain, right? We can all see the wizard for who he is now, right? So... Rework the mandate of the Canada Mortgage Housing Act. Get rid of the goddamn thing and rework it is right. Don't make it a for-profit billion-dollar corporation. How about that? How about putting those billions of dollars back in the pockets of home ownership or homeowners or first-time buyers? Anyway, so People's Party... Uh, Ben did these because just for fun, LOL. Uh, all the policies are passive, restrict the amount of immigrants allowed per year to, yeah, whatever. That's so stupid. Anyway, I can't even talk about it out loud. Abolish capital gains tax. Well, um, I heard an incentive though, and I'm not sure if it's in one of the policies or not. Um, I made this really cursory, as you can see, and, and obviously all of these policies are available online. And I, last thing I want to do is get into the weeds with these things and bore somebody for five hours or three hours about all of this crap. But um, capital gains tax, they did talk about offering current landlords incentives in terms of um, capital gains if they were to uh, start selling some of these properties, because that's uh, been an impediment to some landlords selling off excess properties or rentals. I've dealt with certain clients that we've had to have the conversation because it's all about the economics. And at the end of the day, unless there's a real need, um, people are going to keep these properties and refinance them and not, and not make them available for someone to buy, right? Uh, because the capital gains is so punitive. So Definitely something to think about. I'm not sure about abolishing it per se, but there used to be a cap on it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So I thank you for your time. I, I'm sorry I got a little bit animated. Well, no, I'm not. I'm sorry I got animated. I, I, I wish I could have been more graphic and more expletive, but anyway, then we would have bleeped out half the uh, podcast. But What do you want to see from whichever government controls power by the end of this? 
Well, I, I want to see. So here's the rub. This election, first and foremost, is is uh, is a self agenda for liberal government and 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 Justin Trudeau. Let's understand that. Let's call call that what it is. Um, nobody in this country uh, needed to have an election now. Um, and so now that we're in it, though. The concern is that, and, th and this is the world of politics, okay? Let's understand this, people. If you get in, just start doing things that, that work, right? Start, start spending money in the right places. And, and, and that's the problem, is that if this turns out to be a minority conservative government, let's say, because all of a sudden the polls are pointing in that for this week, could change by the 20th, who knows? But the unfortunate part is it's probably going to be a minority unless it gets the tables really turned and it gets goes to a majority. If it goes to a majority, then either part, any party, you know what? Do what we just learned in COVID. When you have the political will and the need, you start spending the dough and you start spending it in the right places, right? So let's get the money into the hands of the people that really need it right away, right? Vis-a-vis checks in the hands of those that offer shelters to the homeless. Uh, let's start repurposing buildings right away. Let's cut the red tape. Let's get rid of the bullshit and let's actually put policies in place and enact them immediately that'll actually affect people's lives because that's the problem. You're going to get two or three years into a mandate before anything gets done. And that's, that's the rub with any party, PC, liberal, any of them, right? Let's make it effective right away that's what i'd like to see if it could ever happen so thank you for asking that question so thank you everyone thank you for indulging thank you for listening again we're episode 41 apparently uh so this is amazing um we've got we're trying to line up some great guests uh i won't spill the beans now um but uh yeah thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one bye for now mm -hmm.